Welcome to Real Testament. The message is shared at Church of God Mission International, Church for Real. We trust God that through this message, your life will be transformed and you will receive grace to influence your world. God bless you as you listen. Praise God. Go straight to Romans chapter 9. Romans chapter 9 verse 11. Let's look at it together. It says, For the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth. The next verse, it was said unto her, The elder shall serve the younger. Verse 13, As it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I what? I want us to read that. Verse 13, together, as it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. Hmm. There are few scriptures that troubled me growing up as a Christian. So many, I've, I've shared a few of them here in church. For instance, when I read Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, it said, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Then in verse 2, he said, and the earth was void and without form, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. It troubled me. How could God create in verse 1? And verse 2 was chaos. It troubled me. And a few other things. Another one, I, at some point, I, when I started studying about the Holy Spirit, I then wondered, why didn't Jesus lay hands on the disciples to receive the Holy Spirit while he was around? Why, was, why did Jesus never minister Holy Spirit baptism? It took me three years to find the truth. It also took me like two, three years to discover the story in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. And then I found that there were millions of years between verse 1 and verse 2. And that's Genesis chapter 1. And there are so many other scriptures like that that I pondered on. This was one that stood in my face for many years. It wasn't until last year that the Holy Spirit made me understand this scripture. God is talking about a child that was yet in the belly, haven't been born. Two of them, twins. And God says, one is Esau and one is Jacob. And he says, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. And the scripture there said, and these people have not even been born. They haven't done anything. Do you understand that? They haven't done anything. So why would... God hate somebody who has not even done anything. And then all the teachings that I kept hearing talked about, oh, the sovereignty of God. God can do anything he likes. And there's nothing wrong with that. And that's also scriptural. Because he's the all-knowing God. Amen? But each time I looked at the justice nature of God, the God that is a just God, the God that is balanced in his approach, I began to question that interpretation of that scripture. I knew there was something amiss. Okay. There is a principle in understanding the word of God, this understanding scriptures. You use scriptures to unlock scriptures. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay. So, the Bible then tells us something gave us an idea before we go to the story of why God 
said, Esau have I hated. Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I what? Hated. In Hebrews chapter 12, we see the Bible make reference to that writing in verse 16. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 16 and 17. He says, lest there be any fornicator or profane person, as who? Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. He says, for you know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place for repentance, though he sought it carefully. With what? Tears. So he began to warn us that let nobody be like Esau. Today, I'm going to be talking to you on this first day of the series. I'll be sharing on the Esau mentality. Hallelujah. The Esau mentality. That's our title today under the series of the prodigal and his money. Esau represented a mentality, a mindset, a set of values. Now, God, you know, you know when you talk about prophecy, prophecy can be, can be a proclamation. It can also be a foretelling. Foretelling in the sense that you have seen things that have not yet happened and you say it. That's foretelling. So that's an aspect of prophecy. So God who sees the end from the beginning was looking beyond the infant child Esau. And he was looking at the kind of life he was going to live. Amen? Remember when Ishmael was born to Abraham, there were certain things that were said of him at that stage. He was yet a child. But because God could see afar, he could tell us about this man and his mannerism today, even when he was yet, what? A child. Also, remember when Jesus was born and he was being dedicated and the priest held him in his hands and then prophecies began to come out about his future. But the parents were looking at a baby, but they were being told that this shall be the savior of the world. That's prophecy. Are we together now? So God was not talking about Esau as an individual. He was talking about a mentality. Esau represented a mentality. And he now said to us here, he said, let nobody be profane as Esau. Esau wasn't a fornicator, but he was a profane person. So when God was saying, Esau have I hated, he was saying, I hate what? Profanity. And then he begins to warn us that if we have the same mentality that Esau had, we would not do well even financially. And that's what I want to show you today. And so the first question is, why is this mentality so important? And how does it affect our finances? How does it affect our material wealth? How does it affect our ability to prosper? Are you with me this morning? Before we go to the story, look at Malachi chapter 1 verse 2 to 4. Malachi. God also talking about this mentality in Malachi. He says here, I have loved you, say the Lord. Yet you say, wherein hast thou loved us? Was not Esau? Are you listening now? 
He said, was not Esau Jacob's brother, said the Lord, yet I loved Jacob. Next verse. And I hated what? He's saying it again. I hated Esau. And laid, look at this, and laid his mountains and his heritage, what? Waste for the dragons of the wilderness. Impoverished, but we will return and build the desolate places. Thus said the Lord of hosts, they shall build, but I will do what? There's a trouble here. He said they shall build and I will do what? I will throw it down. And they shall call them the border of wickedness and the people against whom the Lord had indignation for how long? <laughs> well, how are they, Abby? Okay. Let's now go to the story and find out why God would warn us about this mentality. And why God would so hate this mentality that he would place a curse on anybody who has this kind of mentality. Genesis chapter 25 is a long read. Uh, we'll just read from verse 21 to 34 and then I'll just tell you the story. Genesis chapter 25 from verse 21. He said, And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren and the Lord was entreated of him and Rebekah his wife conceived. And the children struggled together within her and said, If it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said unto her, By foresight, two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people. Are you listening to that? Two manner, manner, types of people. It doesn't mean one people that have three legs, one that has two legs. It's a manner, manner, types of people now. It's a two manner of people shall be separated from thy boils. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red all over like an hairy garment, and they called his name Esau. And after that came his brother, and he took hold on Esau's heel, and his name was called Jacob. And Isaac was three score years old when they bare them. That's 60 years old. And the boys grew, and Esau was a cunning hunter, a man of the field. And Jacob was a plain man dwelling in tents. And Isaac loved Esau because he did eat of his venison. Isaac liked bushmeat. But Rebekah loved Jacob. And Jacob sought pottage. And Esau came from the field. Now, this is the story. It's important that you pay attention to this. He says, and Jacob sought pottage. In other words, he cooked porridge. And Esau came from the field, and he was faint. He was hungry. And Esau said to Jacob, feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom. And Jacob said, sell me this day thy birthright. Jacob was a businessman. He knew that you cannot come without value. If you wanted something, give something for it. And look at what he says. He said, give me. He says, sell me this day thy what? Betrayed. Let me stop here a little bit and explain to you what Jacob was asking about. When God met Abraham, God promised Abraham a blessing. He says, in blessing, I will bless you. In multiplying, I will multiply, and I will make of you a great nation, and so many things. And the Bible makes us to understand, I think in Genesis chapter 17, that God blessed 
Abraham. After he took him to the test of sacrifices, his only child, and he passed, God now pronounced that blessing on Abraham. That blessing was a pronouncement. It wasn't a physical thing. It was a pronouncement. Now, when God blessed Abraham, God also instituted that when Abraham's days on earth were done, that that blessing, that pronouncement of that blessing would go to his child. And because it was so important, normally it would go to his first son. That was a tradition. And so, don't forget that Isaac was not Abraham's first son. Do you remember Ishmael? Ishmael was born 13 years before Isaac. But God said to him that the, the blessing, the covenant is not for Ishmael. It is for Isaac. He said the promise is for Isaac. So that was why Abraham did not pronounce that blessing on Ishmael. He pronounced it on who? On Isaac. Telling us that it must pass from one generation to what? To the other. Now, Isaac now has two children. After all, Abraham actually had more. You know, when... when um, when Sarah died, he married Keturah. He had like six children from her. He also had concubines. You know, you know, a lot of women who gave birth for him. I don't know what tribe Abraham was from. Let's not, let's not say it. You know, so the Bible says when Abraham was about to die, he called all his children and gave them gifts and sent them away so that he could pronounce the blessing on who? Isaac. Now, Isaac himself had become an old man, and we will see what happened. So I'm explaining to you what that birthright is. Now, because the birthright is to pass to his first son, Esau, by the fact that he was born first, became the one that was entitled to the birthright. Do you understand that? Now, that, this is what Jacob has said to Esau. I will give you my porridge, but you must give me the birthright. You must give me the right to receive the blessing of our father. See what Esau said. And Esau said in verse, what? 32. And Esau said, behold, I am at the point to die. What profit shall this birthright do to me? And Jacob said, swear to me this day. And he swore unto him, and he sold his birthright unto Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and porridge of lentils, and he did eat and drink, and rose up and went his way. Thus, Esau did what? Despised. Despised is the word. He despised his birthright. Now, in chapter 27, a story unfolds. Isaac now had grown old and knows that one day he is going to pass on. And he didn't want to die without carrying out the tradition of pronouncing that blessing. He didn't want to die with the blessing because there was need for him to give it to the next generation. And who was entitled to get the birthright was Esau because Esau was born first. So he says, he calls Esau and says to him, Oh Esau, you know, I'm very old. I don't know when I'm going to die. It's important for this great exchange to happen. Go and get me bushmeat so that I would eat and my soul. Because that pronouncement is not like everyday pronouncement. It has to come from the depth of the spirit. The blessing of a father. And I will bless you. 
But who is supposed to receive the blessing from what happened in chapter 25? Did Esau say, oh no, daddy, sorry, I have actually sold it to Jacob. You know, because many times religious people had made us think that Jacob was a bad guy. But Esau still wanted to collect what he had sold. He wanted to eat his cake and have it and still put it in the fridge. And so he went out to go and get what he would use to give to his father. He went to hunt. And the mother heard it and called Jacob and said, Jacob, you know what? That thing that Esau sold to you some years ago, your brother still wants to collect it from his father. Let's not let this happen. He has sold it. He has sold it. So you know what we're going to do? So they deceived the father. And what happened? Jacob wore Esau's clothes and put hair on his body because Esau was very hairy. And he came and the father, after he had eaten, prepared the food, the father laid hands on him and pronounced the blessing. After he had done that, Esau came back with his bushmeat and prepared food for his father and came to the father. And the father said, uh, who is this? He said, oh, is Esau your firstborn son? He said, ah. He said, I have brought the food you asked me to bring so you would eat and bless me. And he said, but who was it that had already collected the blessing? I have already pronounced the blessing. I have eaten and pronounced the blessing. Ah, the thing hurt him so much. The Bible says he wept. He wept. He was so angry, he wanted to kill his brother. He said, oh, my father, do you mean bless me also? The father said, no, this blessing, only one person can take it. I cannot multiply it. He said, can't you find anything else to bless me? He said, okay, come. He now came and he, he blessed him, but he said, you would be subject to your brother. What brought him to that point? was a mindset. You see, mindsets are very powerful. Mentality, they are very powerful. You know what? Every time God wants to change a people, all he does first is to change their mindset. Your mindset determines how you see the world. Your mindset determines how you interpret events and occurrences. Your mindset determines how you relate with people. Your mindset determines your value system. What you consider to be of importance and what you consider not to be of importance. Mindsets are very powerful. That is why even when we minister and we teach the word, all we are trying to do is to change mindsets. That's why after you have heard a particular teaching for a while, you begin to change. You understand what I'm talking about? You know, people come to church and after a while their lives begin to change. Do we give them, do we give them a barn rice? Do, yes, we may serve food, but that's not what's changing them. Do you understand what I'm talking about? It is words. And those words are targeted at mindsets. And what this series is going to do for you is to adjust certain mindsets in the area of finance. So that the things that God had made available for you, you will begin to assess them. Because, to be frank with you, in the realm of the spirit, we are all loaded. But if you are not manifesting it in the physical, how will people know that you are loaded? Have you seen a car? You, put, you suspend a car in the air, and then you begin to rev, and the tires are rolling and rolling. And, will it go anywhere? 
But when it touches the ground, what happens? It moves. This series will make your tire touch the ground. So, what is the Esau mentality and how does it affect our finances? That's the big question. The first thing we see, the Bible quickly told us about Esau in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 16 was that Esau was a profane person. He said, lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau who for a pot of porridge sold his birthright. So the question is, what does it mean to be profane? And I checked the dictionary because it's an English word. It wasn't spoken in tongues. English says, profane is to treat sacred things with contempt, disrespect, irreverence, or undue familiarity. Should I take it again? To be profane is to treat sacred things with contempt, with disrespect, with irreverence, or undue familiarity. That means a person with Esau mentality does not take spiritual things serious. Hmm. Oh boy. But the funny thing is that the realm of the spiritual is actually what controls the physical. Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3, it said, through faith we understand that the words were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen are not made of things which are physical. The realm of the spiritual is what affects the physical things. If you get it right in the realm of the spirit, if you key yourself in into the realm of the spirit and you get it right there, the, the things of the physical will have no choice but to follow suit. What did Jesus say in Matthew chapter 6 verse 33? He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, the spiritual, and his righteousness, and all these other things, the cars, the houses, the physical cash. He said they will do what? They will follow you. They will be added. In another place, he says, I think in Mark chapter 8, he said, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and suffer what? The loss of his soul. That means the soul was more profitable than gaining the assets of the world. These are all financial principles. In 3 John 2, he says, my little children, I wish, and I've explained that word many times, a wish is not a promise. But hear what he says. He said, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health as what? Are you seeing that? He keeps telling us that the foundation to the manifestation of material wealth for a Christian is the spiritual. So, people with Esau mentality despise spiritual things. Spiritual things don't make a sense to them. They cannot see the relationship between serving God and prospering financially. They do not see the correlation between being in church and how it will affect the progress that they would make as an individual. Hmm. If you catch your wealth in the realm of the spirit and it is settled there, the wealth in the physical will begin to manifest. Let me give you an example. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, 
He said, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became what? Poor, that you through his word, poverty might become rich. Where did this exchange happen? He said, you through his poverty might become rich. When Jesus paid for your sins, he also paid for your poverty. The price for your salvation is the same price for your healing. It's the same price for your health. It's also the same price for prosperity. So if I can receive salvation by faith, I can also receive prosperity by faith. It's the same price, the same time. When Jesus was on earth, he was rich. There was never a time that it was recorded that Jesus lacked anything. When he was preaching in, I think in Luke chapter 4, I can't remember, you know, he, when he fed the 5,000, remember the story. He called the disciples. He said, ah, this, the Bible said he looked at them and said, oh, they were like sheep without shepherd, and he had compassion. He said, these guys have been with us now for several days. Ah, we need to feed them. When the disciples heard that, did they say, where will we get money to feed all these people? What did they say? They said, where would we see bread to buy? In this desert place. So the issue was not the money to buy. It was what to buy was not available. Do you understand that? When Jesus died, that means there was money. There was enough cash in his ministry that there was somebody keeping it. It wasn't just in his pocket. He designated a guy to be keeping records. He has a financial secretary. I mean, how many people have personal financial secretary? When he died, let me give you another instance. When he died... Soldiers were one of the most well-paid people in the day, Roman soldiers. What did they do when they saw Jesus' clothes? It was so valuable, the one they could share, they shared it. They say, ah, no, no. Even if it's not only one hand, I can sew with it. I must collect. It was so valuable. The one that they couldn't tear, they gambled for it. They, they, they took, they cast lots. Would they cast lots for your clothes? Do you understand that? So Jesus was not a poor man in his day. But the Bible says on the cross of Calvary, as God placed the sin of the world on him, he also placed our poverty on him. And so the word of God says that we are what? Rich. So you are not rich because you have a fat bank account. The other way around. You are not poor because there is no money in your pockets. The person with Esau mentality will only consider himself rich when there is money. That's what he was talking about. And God hates that kind of mentality. Catch it first in the spirit. Then it will begin to manifest in the physical. That's what he's talking about. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. So... People with insult mentality despise spiritual principles for financial prosperity. You talk about tithing, they say, oh, pastor, want to chop our money. Why should I give my money to the church? Insult mentality. When you talk about diligence, it doesn't mean anything. Tithing, no way. Giving, no way. They do not understand the place of purpose, spiritual soundness to material prosperity. They don't understand the relationship why? Because of Esau mentality. They do not understand when the scripture says that we are rich, that we are blessed, that we are prosperous. 
They don't understand it. Because their mentality says, it is what I see that I what? Believe. They say seeing is believing. You see, I said this was many times. If you really want to follow God, you must be ready to swim against the tide. You must be ready to go against popular opinion. If you stood on that street now and shouted, I am a poor man. I am a poor man. Some people will come and shake your hand. You are very correct. You are very true. You are ah, good man. True. That guy is very humble. He's very humble. But go and stand there and say, I am rich. Especially if you are not dressed like me this morning. Bedroom slippers, tattered clothes, and go and stand there and say, I am rich. And hear how somebody may even slap you. They will gather you quickly to take you to Yaba left. Why? The world cannot see what you see. Amen. That's Esau mentality number one. Esau mentality number two. Esau despised intangible resources. Let me fast forward to Genesis chapter 27. In Genesis chapter 27, after Jacob had taken the blessing, Esau was so bitter that he said he was going to kill his brother. He didn't just say it in his heart because the Bible says his mother heard him. That means he was, even in his room, he was, I, I will kill him. I will murder him. I will bust his head. He was saying all, these, all those things. He said, oh, my father is very old. Very soon he will pass on. After morning, my father, I will kill Jacob. Look at this. Rebecca heard it and then told Jacob and sent him away so that Esau would not kill Jacob. When Jacob was leaving, did he live with the father's property? Did you hear that Esau was now rejoicing? Oh, thank God that guy had gone. So everything is now mine. Did he rejoice? Because the most important thing was not the things they were seeing. It was that pronouncement of blessing. Because it is that blessing that brings the blessings. So if you have it, the blessings will follow you. See, a real wealthy man is the one you can take everything he has and he still creates wealth from the inside. Why is it so? True wealth is not physical. I don't know what happened to Esau at the day he was hungry. I can't even tell how many years, it may be two years, ten years, five years, I don't know. When he made that exchange, and when he got to this point, he must have grown to the point he then understood the importance of that birthright. He now wanted it at all costs. But the exchange had taken place many years ago. Friends, there are things that if you don't get it on the first day, you will never get it. Ever heard of first impressions? Very important. Very important. So you always have to be at your best at all times. So he despised intangible resources. Now, if you really want to manifest wealth, you must begin to learn to think in terms of resources. When you truly understand the resources that bring wealth, then you would understand why you cannot be poor. Then you will understand why the word of God says that we are rich. Many times we are fixated on physical things. 
Somebody comes to you, he's wearing a gold wristwatch, he's wearing a beautiful shoe, wonderful suits, drives a powerful car, and they say, oh, there is one rich man in that gathering. When you enter, who will you be looking for? The guy that is so well-dressed. Okay, let me ask you. How many of you saw Mark Zuckerberg when he visited Lagos some months ago? You saw the pictures. Did he look like a wealthy man? Did he look like a wealthy man? No, the pictures you saw, did they project a wealthy man? That's exactly what I'm talking about. You see, we are Africans. And the way we assess wealth, houses, cars, lands, those are all tangible. You can count them. But the world has moved away from there. Mark Zuckerberg is one of the richest men in the world. I doubt if he has more than two cars. I don't even think he has real estate. Plenty. What is his wealth measured in? They are what? Intangible, but there's a word they call it patents. <laughs> Who is the richest man in the world today? Okay, let's assume the one we all used to know because he changes at times, you know, when they value and revalue, it changes. Okay, let's stick with Bill Gates. Yes, let's stick with Bill Gates. Some time ago, I think two years ago, we did a study here. Who remembers that? And we looked at the 10 richest men in the world. Nine of them had their wealth in intangible resources. Not cars and houses. Patents. Rights. Exclusivity. These are all resources. <laughs> okay, let's go a little bit further. Let's go to Genesis. Today, you can walk out there and you will eat bolly or you will eat corn. Let me ask you, the bully you are eating today, or the corn you are eating today, is it the same one that Adam ate? I mean, the same cob? No, no, no. no. It's the same corn in terms of texture and genetic requirements. But in terms of that particular cob, is it the same? Good. Where did that one come from that you are eating today? Okay, let's go back. When God created the heavens and the earth, he placed everything that there was on earth. Everything was there. Even human beings, we were all there. But were we all there physically? No. We were all in Adam as what? Seeds. So the corn you are eating today, God created it the day he created the heavens and the earth. But it didn't manifest today because it was in a seed. So one seed of corn has plenty, plenty Cobs, billions of tons of corn in it. So when you pick up a seed, you are not just looking at that particular matter or mass. When you pick up a seed of a tree, you are looking at a forest, billions and billions of trees. So the reason is because a seed is a resource. It's a store of value. But it is when you plant it that it expresses its ability to multiply. When you take that seed of corn and you plant it, it brings a corn tree that now has a cob with about two or three hundred seeds. When you take that two or three hundred seeds without eating them and plant them, it multiplies geometrically. But all of it is coming from one what? 
seed. So when you despise those seeds as just this tiny thing, you have an Esau mentality. Because you are not seen beyond what is physical. That is how wealth is. The things that the world uses to generate wealth many times are not things that you can see with your eyes. But when you begin to value those resources, then you will see that there is never a time, there was this story in First Kings of a woman who had two children. The husband had died a widow. And the creditor had come to take the children because the husband was owing and she was disturbed and she ran to the prophet. Oh, man of God, man of God, help me. They have come to take my children away. My husband is late. He was owing. They want to take my children because they were the collateral for the loan. What did the prophet ask her? He said, what do you have in your house? She said, I have nothing except, <laughs> except a little jar of oil. What did the prophet say? That's what? Enough. There is nobody here who doesn't have that except. But the problem is many times our eyes are fixated on the things we don't have. We are more interested in the things we don't have. Oh, why are you not doing this? They begin to list. Everybody can list the things they don't have. But not many people know what they have. That is the tangible versus what? Intangible. And so... Real wealth is not physical. Just as real money is not cash. If you understand this, then you will know why the absence of cash does not equate to poverty. You are not poor because you don't have cash. The only person that is poor, if any, is the person who has no value to exchange. Because cash was not there at the peak. There was a time there was nothing like cash. Nothing like cash. When you went to the market, you only did what? Exchange. The man who, who plants papa will bring papa to the marketplace. And he wanted potato. He will exchange papa for what? Potato. It was called trade by butter. But it became very complex. Because if you went to the market and the guy who has potato also has papa in his house, will he take your papa? No. But you want to go home with potato. Now imagine if today we are using yam or cassava to pay for things. You want to go and fix your phone in computer village, you carry a bag of cassava. Plenty bags. You want to go to America, you carry bags of cassava to the airport. <laughs> That would be very cumbersome. Am I right? Yes. So that was when men now desire, decided to say, you know what? Let us have something that represents value. So that as we exchange it, it's convertible and we can measure it. So that if it is small value that I need, I can take a small portion of it. That's how cash came about. That's how money came about. So the real money is not cash. Remember the time we looked at the pound sterlings? Look at it. Can you see it? It says what? I promise to pay the bearer on demand. The sum of what? 
Five pounds. So where is the money? Do you understand it? So whatever you and I agree as the money can become money. It can even be a piece of paper. So this thing is not the value. The value is what it represents. So if you had no value to give, you can't go back with anything. So before you look at yourself and say, I am poor, I have nothing, you have to search yourself properly. There are things that we have in abundance, but because you have not placed value on it, you are not manifesting wealth. Let me give you an example. Do you know that thoughts are resources? Ideas are resources. This microphone I'm holding now, there was a time it was just a thought on somebody's mind. At that time, if the man came up and said and designed the microphone, we have not seen it. He had not, play, he had not mass produced it. And he got a patent for it. The same way uh, Bill Gates got patent for Microsoft products. Anywhere you are in the world and you use that product, a percentage of an income goes to him. Forever he is what? Made. I mean, many times people say, oh, I want to do business, but there is no capital. When you go and read Genesis, when God was creating the world, which capital did he use? Are we talking sense this morning? What did he use? Words. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. I just gave you John chapter 1 verse 1 to verse 3. Go to verse 14. And the word became flesh. That is all, all I'm trying to do today. To the point where that word will become flesh, physical, in your life. Are we together? So, people who have Esau mentality, they despise thoughts. They don't know that thoughts are things. What did the Bible say about thought? It says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is who? Is he. Words are things. He says, by the words of your mouth, you shall be what? Satisfied. Words. Do you know that there are people who make millions every day by just speaking words? If I had a big minister here today, and he would share with us, and after blessing us, you know, we, we give him what we call honorarium, say one million. What are we actually blessing him for? What are we appreciating him for? Words. Words are things. Words. Time is a resource. Now, you can see why in the poor nations of the world, time is not respected. But go to the nations that are prosperous. Do they play with time? Hello, talk to me. When they say something is 8 o'clock, do you go by 8.05? Why? Because they have realized that there is a relationship between time and money. So they tell you that time is money. So they decided to not change, not be, not, they now invite, invented the means to calibrate and measure time. Because it's money. It's a resource. Let me show you how that works. You can convert time to learning. Convert learning to skill. Convert skill to a profession. Convert profession to cash. 
Time is a resource and is a convertible resource. Should I give you more intangible resources that you have in abundance? What about vision? When the Bible was talking about the people of God, he said, my people perish for lack of what? He said, where there is no vision, the people what? Perish. He didn't say where there is no money. Because money is not it. He said, where there is no vision. What about plans? Hmm. One major difference between the poor and the rich is the absence of planning. Next week, when we look at the money mistakes of the prodigal, you will see that number one mistake, the man had a lot of resources, but there was no planning. He never sat down to plan. Before you knew what was happening, all those money, everything disappeared because there was no planning. Because true plans is a purpose established. Plans, strategies, powerful, intangible resources. What about honesty? Integrity. I know that right now in this country we despise that word integrity. But don't follow the politics. Do you understand that? You know, I was the other day, you know, a dear friend posted something. Ah, what all this, all this integrity, integrity. Now integrity we go chop. Do you hear that? You hear that many times. Everybody says that. Now integrity we go chop. What is integrity if there's no food on the table? Sounds like what is better right when I'm dying of hunger. Normally, I would have passed. But I said, no, this is in the public domain. So I added my comment. I said, don't disparage integrity because you are fighting a political warfare. That word integrity is actually the absence of integrity that has manifested poverty in our land. Because if there was integrity, integrity leads to trust. And you can convert trust to cash. Should I tell you how? I've done it before here. I'm a banker. That's what we call the velocity of money in economics. It means the rate at which money change hands from person to person. And the higher the velocity of money, the higher the wealth it generates. Okay. So, I come to you. You are a wholesaler. You sell eggs. And I want to go and retail eggs. But I don't have money to buy the eggs so I can go and retail because I know somewhere where lots of people want to buy one, one, two, two. But you are saying wholesale. So I come to you and I say, please, give me 10 crates of eggs. I will go and sell it and bring you back your money. If you trust me, you will do that. If you don't trust me, will you do it? No. So she trusts me. I take the eggs I sell it, make a margin, return her own, take another one, make a margin, return her own. What am I trading in? Trust. Integrity. Honesty. Because my word is my bond. So she took my word. When you take a lady to the altar and you stand before the priest and the reverend father and say, I do, what are you actually doing? You are giving her your word. And she follows you home. She changes her name. Goes to newspaper and says, I usually, usually called me so, 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 and so. Is now going to be known as. 
What is she doing? She is writing on your word. Now you see how broken marriages affect society? So that guy picking those eggs and selling and bringing back was not trading on cash. He was trading on trust. But in our society, do we have such transactions? No, because trust is what? Scarce. Because there is no integrity. And how did we kill integrity? We wanted food now. What is integrity to me when there is no food on the table? So the, the politicians know it. So they give you 3,000 and say, give me your vote. Because you do not know the value of your vote, you collect 3,000. In your mind, you say, now the one I chopped today be my own. But what have you done? You have actually sold your future and that of your children. The man who is giving you the 3,000 for the vote, does he not know what the vote is worth? Don't join them when they make those comments. Integrity, trust, honesty can be converted to cash. Hallelujah. Relationships is another intangible resource. In Genesis, Joseph was in prison and he met two men. Bible says he saved them because he was head. And he now told the butler, when you are released, because he interpreted their dreams, and he said, when you, are released, when you get to Pharaoh, remember me. And eventually, when the opportunity came, the man remembered him. What did Joseph used to get out of prison? Relationship. And when he got out of prison, who did he become? Prime minister. Did he not have cash? Yes. So he used relationship to get what? Cash. So relationship is a convertible resource. That's why you should not despise anybody. Be nice to everybody. Because you don't know who the person you are sitting with now will become tomorrow. Hallelujah. There is no time I wanted to talk about the fact that he lived for the now. Inability to delay gratification. Hallelujah. This message was brought to you by Church of God Mission International, Church for Real. For more information, visit our website, www.churchforreal.org. Church for Real, influence your world.